Woohoo! It's episode 60 of the Construction Dorkcast, we think. Continuing on our MAP Innovations wrap-up theme, we welcome in two of our great friends, Tahira Ali and Sean McGuire, to share their thoughts and insights from our favorite conference. We were down two dorks, but Trent and John did an okayish job of picking up the slack. We hope you enjoy. We have a separate button that says start the web webcast. Look, we, so, look, look, this is why we have editing. Come on. Yeah. On. yeah. To be clear, this was that uh, Wayne's World movie. That was that was the that old was, Wayne's World let movie. Him start, right. I, I let him start, Sean. Let him start. We'll never start it. It's all right. Um, okay. All right. So uh, the hotel internet. We're going to go in five, four, three, three, two. And we're live back here with the dorks going to be a review of uh, MEP Innovation, probably uh, the best conference that I went to this year, or actually easily the best conference I went to this year, yeah. and a conference that really brought in a bunch of fun new stuff, um, and both both me and Trent were there, and we have Tahira and Sean here to talk about it, but uh, before we get started, um, I am going <laughs> to introduce my drink, because I got a local one today, Sean, you'll dig this, so I got uh, altered state stout barreled finish bourbon. So it's a 21% rye bourbon with a with a stout label or a stout barrel craft finish. Um, and it's a little hot because it's 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 a barrel you know barrel pick. But uh, altered states is my pick for Erie bourbon. Like most of the time, you go to a small place like Erie, you don't get good bourbon. Altered states actually has really good bourbon. Um, and he knows it, the guy that runs it. And if you go there to pick up your altered states from his place, he will talk your ear off for an hour. So he's an awesome guy too. Trent, what you are uh, on location today, but what are you <laughs> drinking? Yeah, so when in Rome, or I guess on location, when in Buffalo, I picked up a local. This one's from Big Ditch Brewing Company, and it is the Hayburner IPA. Um, it's actually quite good. There's a whole story on the back. I won't bore everybody with the uh, hoppy with a Thank kick. You. So, uh, yeah, right. Um, no, pretty good. So went ahead and grabbed one of the local ones, uh, doing some work here in Buffalo, New York. And um, going to sip that as we chat today. And so well, I'm going to kick Buffalo, it over. New York. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sort of the exact opposite of where Sean's at. Sean, what are you drinking, man? Yeah, I was gonna say. And where are you? Where well, you're I was at? gonna say I'm. I'm actually. I'm in short sleeve weather because I'm. I'm downtown. Uh, I shouldn't say downtown. I'm in Mickeyville, um, uh, outside Orlando at uh, the uh, Pipe Trades Training and Technology Conference that they have here every few years. Uh, they asked me to come down and speak, but I am drinking uh, Buffalo Trace Old Fashioned. I went right. down to the the little outdoor bar. Uh, just in time before this thing started so I can get something to drink and, and make sure I, I completed the checklist here for you guys. Right on. Tahira, I, I, I know you're not in, indulging in some bourbon today, but what are you drinking today? I have a big old mug of emergency today because <laughs> that, it, is, it is the time of year when the spring colds come and we do what we can. So yeah. I am soldiering on and excited to be here with you guys. <laughs> emergency. Emergency. Wasn't that, that the uh, wasn't there a COVID cocktail that came out of that? Like the quarantini? It was like vodka. Yeah, I was checking. I was checking, is, I was checking emergency nonstop during COVID. Anyway, so it's <laughs> just part of the daily ration. This is um, turmeric and ginger. Turmeric uh, and ginger. Cool. 
but not in a Yeti cup. I'm sorry, Sean. Well, well that's a okay. that's a pretty good Stanley mug. Stanley mug. It's very, is, very, very is, uh, is, hip right now. Is Stanley part of Stanley Black and Decker just out of curiosity? I have no it idea. It isn't, but it occurred to me. It occurred to me when I uh, was looking into this mug. I was like, well, let me just find out. Just to know. Just to <laughs> well, know. you have to. Don't, don't feel strongly either way. Just like to know my things. Yeah. Like to know my brains. Yeah. I, I would probably guess that I have at least three actually Stanley Black and Decker mugs and then two Milwaukee mugs. And then I have like a little cart, like a little cart of them at my office because everybody likes to give out those mugs and they're awesome. But but like you can have a lot of mugs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, does it does your uh, does your mug say Kaison or or regret tech from your I have, Black and Decker days? Dude, I totally have the Kaison <laughs> mug and I have the shirt. It doesn't fit me anymore, which is good, but I have the shirt from then. I almost wore it to uh to to a meeting that I had with Josh Bone. I just was like, I should wear the Kaison shirt. If, if if one thing's going to screw him up when he's on stage is looking out in the yeah. office or into the audience and seeing the case on shirt. I'm like, that'll throw him off. Throwback Thursday. Yeah. Throwback yeah. Thursday. Yeah. That, is, uh, that is so inside baseball. I love it. But I mean, yeah. that's just for us. I, I appreciate yes. that. Yes. For all you people out there, me and another person were a member of a, a small business, small but, mighty. That, small but mighty business within Stanley Lebeck and Decker that never quite, never quite figured itself out. But definitely uh, changed both of our lives. So this was a lot of fun. I learned a you mean, lot. You mean all startups don't make it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Isn't that funny? The, <laughs> we could do a whole episode on that. We really should uh, do the, an episode on the startups that die. In, in memoriam. In yeah. memoriam. Uh, I would love to get I've been somebody... talking about doing that in memoriam at MEP for years. But yeah. I just thought it was a little bit too cruel to have, like, K-Song go on, on screen and just, like, all of us, you know, say a little solemn word about it. It's, it's too cruel. I would some, love to some get people somebody like, from could Daiquiri. actually have lost like life savings over stuff like that. So you do have to be careful, I guess. But yeah, yeah I guess you could put like crypto up there too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bitcoin. Well, Bitcoin's not dead yet, but maybe we just do all the unicorns uh, that didn't make it. Yeah, yeah. and you know what? They're exactly. good products. Yeah. Um There's so a whole bunch of AR. Yeah. Almost. Oh, I well, still I still have a WeWork sticker on my laptop, just so we're clear. They're not dead. They own too much like real estate. It's gonna be hard to like kill them yeah. off just because they own so much. But yeah, they they're not. They're definitely underwater though, right? Yeah, that's they. We did have people from WeWork on the show, and uh, that was kind of neat. We had somebody from WeWork on that that was sort of a construction management person there uh, during the whole disaster, kind of talking about how that went down. Good for but, them. But we were going to talk about MEP innovation, um, and uh, and and sort of your recap. So like. Uh, Tahir, let's start with you. So this is the second time we've come together to do this, and we're bringing together SMACNA, MCA, Nika, all together, all at once, um, and trying to sort of, you know, get all those ideas in the same room at the same time. What was what was your big takeaway from it? Like, what did you think this is really what we were trying to achieve, or was there something that we missed? That's a great question, and I think one of the things that is so powerful about MEP innovation. Uh, and this is something that, again, a little bit inside baseball is that, yes, it's a conference where we bring together NECA um, electrical contractors, MCAA uh, mechanical contractors and SMACNA sheet metal contractors. But I think something that not a lot of people know unless they're kind of behind the scenes is that those same contractors and leadership from the members of each association actually are a huge part of creating the content. 
And that's something that I think is really, really powerful is that, you know, we go through several rounds of evaluating and prioritizing and, and just figuring out different topics. And we kind of collect them throughout the entire year. But what's really, really exciting is that a lot of the conference is for the contractors by the contractors. So they are the speakers. They are the ones sharing case studies. You know, when you hear about a technology, it's not the person who built the technology or the person who's selling the technology, but it's the person who used it. And I think that's something that always stands up as one of the best takeaways from this event. And you guys did make a little bit more time for the people that are like the the expo hall people this time versus the last time. Sean, did 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 that did that weigh into things? Did you guys look at that from the last one and say, hey, we're gonna give them a little more time? Or what was your thought there? You know, we've always tried to give, you know, because what what Tara really kind of alluded to is we we've got this great group of people from all across the MEP industry. And what's really awesome about it is we've created this great community where we have contractors from, from all this, the MEP trades coming together. But that does include, you know, our manufacturer supplier council partners or, or the members who are building up the, the tools, the processes, the hardware, the software. And I think that, you know, if we, if we don't include them in this, we're doing a disservice to the members who don't get to learn about all the new innovations that are out there. So yes, we did, we did this year try to expand our, our exhibit area and time uh, we had we hit a little snafu when the FAA decided to ground all planes across the country uh, at 9 a.m. because it did kind of have some cascading effects throughout the day. So it didn't quite start off um, as populated as we would like to, but it still was pretty strong because we were a little bit larger than we usually are this year. And that really showed. That really did show. Like I talked yeah. to far more people. Um, I, I think it actually it registered as better conversations. I, the, I would say sticking on what you and Tahir just said, I, I hope some of the people that are contractors out there also know that when you decide you're going to speak at an MCA event and you're going to talk about a piece of software, if you call the software supplier, he will give you a whole lot of help in making that much better within your company before we get to this actual event. I see a lot of people that like they go up there and they talk about the software and they've had special treatment uh, for quite a while trying to get that to be just dialed in. So if you want to speak at one of these, make sure, you know, you, you spread it around that you're speaking. Yeah. You can get some extra help out of that. I um, think that I think that speaks to the growth. I mean, I think the, the software vendors are realizing that this this isn't a little conference with with people who don't make decisions. That, I mean, you know, let, let's get one thing clear. Like there, there's one thing that amazes me about this conference is there's a lot of people there now, but there's also a lot of decision makers that show up to this thing. I mean, the, the people who are really, you know, making these choices for their contractors of what, what software to deploy and, and, you know, who's best to breed in, in one category versus another. Um, but, but I really wanted to touch base on the growth of it. I, I, I will say, um, that it's just amazing. I mean, I'm trying to think of back to even like five years ago, this thing has, it's, you don't even recognize it as the same conference anymore. It's not the, it's not the, the small, you know, the smaller turnout one on the calendar anymore. I mean, it's, uh, it's rivaling some of the, some of the, like the advancing prefab and, and some of the other ones that you're seeing. So kudos, yeah. kudos to Tahira and Sean and, um, 
in in you know markets magna i think that you guys have really 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 done a good job of of getting more people and involved with this thing so, yeah and i i kind of want to piggyback a little bit onto that because you know one of the things you know you know you, you point out one of the things that that kind of uh touches with us we we have grown this conference the reason why this conference has grown so much has been you know bringing in and integrating you know nika and smacked into this conference this is not an mca conference anymore this is a fully coordinated three association conference and you know although it was kind of built upon you know something that was foundational like with mca members this is like a third of the conference is is touching on electrical a third of the conference is touching on sheet metal and the best thing about it is um when we start having those those hallway talks where it's peer-to-peer that goes beyond just a single trade. You know, you guys, when you have a question about electrical, you pick up the phone, you call Adam Davis or, or Jared Christman, and you, you, you make sure you, you get out to the people you know who are, who are able to do that, and you're getting a much wider perspective than you ever could have gotten before. Um, but the problems are still so similar across the, the, the three trades. I think I also want to echo on that, the heart of the people. And, and I think we've all each kind of touched on that a little bit. But what's really, really powerful is that we're seeing not just, you know, those who use the technology and those who are excited and who geek out and, you know, would want to be on the Dork podcast and, and, and be a part of this. But a lot of these people are growing up, right? A lot of these people are becoming vice presidents. They're becoming executives. They're becoming owners or, you know, um, they're, they're becoming those people who have the highest level of impact. And again, you know, we talk about innovation and it's, it's kind of a team sport. So that's really something that's been powerful to see too, right? This is a program that, again, we've been doing it for three years together, but uh, it, it, it's also building on the rich history of the MCAA Technology Conference. And so it's building on this, this time where we're seeing people's careers blossom, we're seeing their lives really evolve. And so that's been really great. And what really amazed me too, you know, I think uh, Sean mentioned that the FAA shutdown and, and the effect that had on the show I, I, I want to say it was something like less than a handful of people didn't actually make it, even though their, their flights got delayed, their flights got canceled, they just got on other flights. So it just yeah. kind of, again, speaks to the heart of the people who want to come to the show that, you know, nothing's going to stop them. If they can make it, they will make it. And that was, that was really impressive is at the end of the day, I think we ended up with like maybe like three or four badges that weren't handed out. So it's just really incredible to mm. think how many people you know, really soldiered through to be here. You know what I thought was really weird is I had um I had one of the talks that was earlier in the morning after a late night, and I've had these before, and I get like twenty people, and um this was a dark room to begin with, and we had we had every seat in there was was had a had a butt in there, and everybody was like it, and usually in the morning everybody looks really out of it. They everybody looked pretty strong for this one. I was pretty impressed. Like like even the earlier even the earlier presentations were getting a good number of people in there. Um, so I think that's, that's something that I was really happy to see. I think that was a little bit with the location too. I think the location was, was conducive to that. It like, you know, people, people got to bed on time. All of us people that are from the East coast, we woke up at five o'clock in the morning and we, you know, we were all great. We were like, Hey, extra couple hours of sleep. So we were feeling really good. But um, how do you like, Sean, you've got to see again, 
a huge number of these sort of evolving. What did you see this time that kind of showed sort of that 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 level of maturity um, beyond the people like Tahira was talking about that, you know, after three years, some of these people that understand tech do end up being sort of the VP of technology for their company or the construction tech for their company. What did you see that that stands out as like an evolution? Well, I mean, you can go through like the, the straight numbers. I mean, so the last time we did just an MCAA version of this, uh, we had half as many attendees. So this is not just, I mean, that's the, just strictly from the numbers standpoint, you can really see how it's evolved into to be like all three of our organizations. Um, and, and there's that, but the one thing I'll say is, you know, you, you look at the content. We used to, when we first did this meeting, you know, back when we first started, we were looking at future tech and look at all this cool stuff that's coming in the industry. And I remember the, the very first conference, there was somebody out of Philadelphia said, uh, we were there talking about, you know, some maglev project, multi-city thing. It might've been like a, a Paul Doherty presentation or something like that. And uh, the Philly contractor was like, well, that's great. Are you building any of those mag loves around Philly? Because otherwise it doesn't really matter to me. And I was like, okay, well, that's incredibly true because we got to retarget where we're doing, where we're putting together the content on this education. And basically from that point on, we said every single thing that we're going to present here, if it's technology, it's not far off technology, it's practical technology. We want to make sure that these are, these are take home things that people are doing. And we're not going to have um, anybody out there who's, who's talking about some, something that's kind of unattainable. We really want contractors in the United States who are doing this work and have done it and proved it out to present on their ideas to make sure we can kind of push this out there and 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 it's, it's kind of like a trusted resource. Hey, that, that, that's, that's kind of what you're finding too, right? To hear you, when you get contractors talking about it, the validity to the, the content is, is so much deeper. I totally agree. And I think it's also... Again, what we're seeing, whether you look at the evolution and the maturity of the attendees, or you look at the evolution and the maturity of the partners, the vendors, the manufacturers, the solutions providers who are on the, the show floor, we're seeing some really cool things happen with, um, you know, I had a meeting with my innovation strategy uh, task force uh, earlier this week, and we asked them for some of the takeaways from, from MEP innovation, and some of them actually said, hey, we saw this technology on the show floor we've met with uh, the company that provides it and we're trialing it at our company. And so that's really incredible is that, again, you know, we're looking at not just this futurist viewpoint of things that are gonna be ready five, 10 years from now, but these are technologies that people are actually trialing out today. And that's really, really powerful. And I think it's also really powerful too. And, and I think you hit on this a little bit, Jonathan, the idea that we did expand the trade show floor but also this conference more than any other one that uh, that I'm a part of, that I'm, you know, have been involved in on any of the different hats that I've worn in my career. It's really cool to see how the vendors, the solutions providers, the manufacturers actually stick around. So they're not just mm -hmm. here for the trade show and here to like, you know, wear their polo shirt, but they stay for the sessions. They stay for the activities. Yeah. They stay to be a part of the community, which I think is huge. Yeah. I think they're there to learn too, right? I mean, I, I think they see they see the value in it, um, and they probably don't get that maybe at some of the you know the larger conferences where are you know, uh, where people can kind of get lost. But um, I did want to touch kind of something similar uh, when you're talking about you know like the far out technology or, or tech that's even being utilized today. Um, 
something else that I think personally that that your respective organizations did really well with this is I think you did a really good job of making the conference relevant to a higher percentage of the of the contractor base that's out there. Um, and I'll get your kind of opinion on on how you guys work to set that up or um, but you know when you go to some of the handsome weight uh, conferences or, or even AU or some of these, I think you know you get a lot of speakers from large manufacturers, you know companies that are obviously very impressive and good at what they do, but also very large in scale. Uh, I think the one thing that that your guys' organizations have done really well, and because you guys have so many members that, I mean, you know, NECA, MCAA, and, and SMACNA have large contractors, but they also have a lot of, you know, medium-sized guys. I mean, there, there's a lot more of the small and, and middle-sized guys than there are the big ones. So um, I think you make it very relevant for them. And I guess to hear, I'll ask, like, th is that part of your planning process when you, you know, when, when you're looking at topics, when you're looking at speaker? I mean, do you do you try to to bring that uh, relevancy to some of your members that are that are at that level? Absolutely. And that's something that we definitely take into consideration. And to give you a little bit of kind of how that process looks for us, we do have a call for proposals. We do also have each of our respective you know, committees and task forces come up with ideas. Uh, you know, Sean, myself, and uh, Mark from SMACNA are furiously throughout the year listening, keeping an ear out, looking for ideas to be funneled in in terms of topics. But what's really cool is all of that comes together and we start to, we kind of start to rank and prioritize, but we also look at who can best talk about these topics. Like for example, we had a panel on innovation culture and we made sure to include large contractors, but also include some small contractors. We had a panel on, um, it was called uh, Baby VDC's First Six Months. And um, I love I like, that panel. I'd like to think it was inspired by the fact that through our MEP planning this year, I also had a kid. So um, that was- <laughs> Which she named VDC. Oh, which I did not. <laughs> I did not. I named MEP Innovation 2023. <laughs> but, um, but it was cool because the whole idea was, you know, when you're starting, it's kind of like when you first become a parent, you, nobody gives you a manual and you're like, oh, now I have this life I have to, to deal with and help survive. And it's kind of the same thing with technology, right? Like nobody gives you this like nuts and bolts idea of what does it take like, what does it look like to, to have your technology survive? And again, it was a great panel, but it was also a great panel because it had different perspectives from different trades and also different sizes of the companies. So again, we had like, I want to say over 200 different topics and panel suggestions and ideas and breakouts and educational opportunities. And that winnowed down to about 65 of them. So that tells you it wasn't just a let's cut things out. It was let's put it all together. Let's 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 brew it a little bit and let's distill the nuggets that are the best and that can provide the best offering. So it, it almost becomes this this labor of love and this kind of fun equation for us to figure out what actually makes it on the stage. Yeah, and to kind of follow up on that, like when you when you really see innovation, sometimes it's the smaller and medium-sized contractors that, that can be more nimble in their operations to take chances. Like if you're trying to, if you have a really large company and you're trying to implement a new software, it is a Herculean effort sometimes to get anything kind of really, you know, through the ringer and get everybody on board to pull in the same direction. But if you're if you have a smaller company, you can you can take some chances. You can you can actually try out new things. And you can implement it a little bit faster and, and kind of cut the edge off that 
in ways that that larger contractors really just can't compete with sometimes. You know, no, I, it was worth noting because I think that, like I said, your conference does a really good job of that. Uh, you know, Sean, I'll I'll plug one of one of your organization's members, um, uh, DSI. You know, the the folks down there. You know, the people the people got to to go see what they're doing at D now. DSI is not this little guy, right? Uh, no. So they, they, they get to go. But they do it well. And yeah. and you get to walk in there and you and you look at some of the stuff they're doing. And obviously there's a wow factor, right? But then it's like, how do you, how do you bring those members that are seeing that? And obviously people are looking at that saying, I want that. But then it's like, bring them in, sit them down with, with the experts at the different levels. And because there's a lot of steps on the, along the way to be a DSI. <laughs> so yeah uh, and, and you know doug smith was was great about being being kind of the the host the point person for hosting with dsi with jay rohan um and, I, and i'll give him a lot of accommodations for this because you know first of all we, we've been doing this for years with our fabrication conference where we'll have a host uh they will kind of open up their their shop and their operations and show every single step of the way about how they manufacture and connect to the field uh, DSI had done that for us about uh, 10 years ago, but this is before they had any kind of connected fabrication shop. It was it was all analog. Uh, it was still a great tour, but I, I also feel like if if Doug worked at a small, you know, a small contractor, it would have been he would have been just as far out front mm -hmm. with what he's doing with their operations because he was he was that committed to to the integration and the VDC side. The way that Doug presented it was. Uh, really, really understandable for the small contractor. He did it like him as a presenter. He was very no BS. He stood up there. He's like, you are not, we are not covering it up. If it goes down while you're walking through, it's going down. Like this is the reality yeah. of what, and um, he he did a great job with co-hosts too. Like, and, and I don't know that Doug, Doug didn't necessarily plan this exactly, but like his foreman that came in that would talk to you gave you such insight because they were there. They're, they're really using the stuff. And there were a couple of them that were just laughing because they're like, yeah, it used to take me 12 hours to go through all this paperwork. Now it takes 10 minutes. And in that, that viewpoint um, actually resonated throughout the rest of it. So um, for anybody that's listening that didn't go, DSI gave a wonderful tour of their shop. And during it, they really gave a lot of insight into how they got there, what they did day to day. What they did not do was lie or advertise. They 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 were they were wicked, cruel at times, in fact, yeah. to, to some things. But you know, to, to hear his point about understanding how to treat a baby, Doug really talked about like how do you treat your VDC? Because VDC is new to the entire market of construction. And I go to places that have VDC, you know, in, in the worst possible environment to have VDC. And they don't know what it should be like, or they don't have these pieces. Doug was really, really clear. These are what, this is what you need. This is, this is what you need. This is how you have to have it as a minimum. He didn't say you have to do it our way, but like just such, such a tremendous job. Um, there, was, was, there was honesty to what he was talking about, right? He was saying like, so much integrity. and actually that, that reminds me of uh, Ryan Hoggett did a presentation yep. at the conference called, called Mistakes Were Made. And he's sick of going to, to tech conferences and saying like, oh, look at how perfect I was and look how shiny this, this process is. And so he's like, here's all the things I did wrong and here's what I learned from them. Like things like that, like the, the real honesty with like, hey, you know, you don't you don't make a perfect pancake on the first the first try. You gotta throw that first one out. You gotta celebrate its failure and you gotta make a better one the second and third round. Yep. So Sean, let's get one thing straight. I mean, 
guys like me and you wouldn't eat the pancake anyways. <laughs> no, I still eat it because I'm not giving it to my kids. My kids won't eat a pancake. <laughs> I eat it, but it's still like, oh, that's wrong. But yeah. I think another oh. another presentation that was really uh, a standout one. Um, and and this is something that I've literally heard people say this one changed their lives. So take that for for what you will. But it was actually Jonathan Marsh's presentation oh. on treating technology like an employee. And that's something that I've heard from large contractors and small contractors. And it kind of goes back to that piece of, you know, what do you, what do you what do you do when you invest in an employee? What do you do when you invest in that technology? And I both at the conference and even as recently as this week, I've heard people say, you know, that that small change in perception and that small change in perspective changes the way they do business. And that's an incredible thing. And that's kind of what we're trying to do is create these opportunities for people to look both at innovative technologies, but also innovative viewpoints or innovative processes or innovative ways to tackle these problems. Well, first- And wouldn't you say that sometimes you gotta fire a bad employee and sometimes you gotta fire your (laughs) software, right? Oh, I was up there saying sometimes it's sexy, but it doesn't do good at its job. You know, and with technology, we go in there and we buy shiny and then it's like, it's not good at its job. That's not yeah. good. That's how I operate, man. Sexy, I was going to say, that's how I get hired is I'm sexy, but yeah. not necessarily good at my job. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a Steve Jobs quote? Like, I think it was. A hole's better than an asshole. Right? Yeah, was probably. It, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like Steve Jobs. But, you know, what was interesting about that, I got to give that, you know who I heard from? Wasn't the contractors. I had vendors, vendor after vendor and software suppliers calling me and to this day calling me on that more than anyone else. And and when you guys were saying that the vendors were in the crowd, they were in the crowd, but they were also following up. I think I've had more follow-ups and I did that and I did one on a fab shop. I had more follow-ups from vendors that are like, hey, come in here and tell us how, how that went. So it, you, that, that idea that they were there to sort of enjoy, I think is something that that's a plus and, and for all the vendors out there, you know, maybe you should look at, at pushing to be a part of this one for us. I think another thing that's really, really powerful, and this again speaks to the evolution of MEP innovation, but it also speaks to the evolution of how we live our lives post-COVID. And one of the things that we've really invested in and we've really accelerated throughout the years is recording the sessions and creating this, mm. this online repository where no matter, you know, no matter who you are, whether you're a vendor or you're a contractor, if you attended the show, if you were there, we understand that there's a lot of great content for you to pick from, but you actually get the chance to see the presentations you missed. And that's something that, you know, five, 10 years ago would have been unheard of. So the fact that you have access to all of these other amazing presentations to kind of watch in your own time is really, really powerful. Yeah, that's yeah, a good gives point. Us a chance like, to review the content ourselves. Cause I mean, if we're doing like 65 of these, do you have any idea how hard it is for, for me to evaluate some of the content that goes on all these things? Um, but now I can see a, a thing on multi-trade, you know, uh, racks and stuff like that, that is great. I wouldn't have gotten a chance to see it when I'm on because I'm busy, you know, usually making sure, you know, things go off right. But yeah, it's, it's a great way to kind of go back and archive it. And now I'm going back and recommending John's presentation to other people to see because like, it's like, hey, especially pay attention to this, this thing at the 25 minute mark where he's talking about firing software because it's not performing, that kind of stuff. It's great to have that, that kit, the capacity to kind of get that messaging out forever essentially. That's why Jeff's on APIs. There's another one where it's like, I can't attend that, but I really want that content. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff Peterson. So in, in, you know, AU was known for that, right? AU used to record all their classes. And when you went there, like I went there and and half of the value was 
I could get those classes and use them within my office. I still use them as a consultant with people. Like half the time when someone asks me something and it's not enough for me to really make a class for them, I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. But there are three AU classes that are free online or that you have to pay a small fee or go to an AU for. Just watch those because sometimes those are better than what, you know, like I can do something custom for somebody, but some of those classes right. are just just killer. They're just killer. You know, I actually learned something, something cool today. Uh, I was talking with Eric Posey, a, a nice friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, who's yeah. who a, a former train, train director out of Indianapolis. But he has a Slack channel going with like 300 uh, different training directors where people are using Revit. And it's all about like issues that they're having with Revit or, or problems that they're having. And like the community solves it within 30 seconds. Yep. And it's, it's crazy. He's like, I have this thing where this thing pops up. It's like, oh, this comes down, like, you have to do this, you have to do this, do this. But it's also like, hey, does anybody have a 90-degree elbow for a, you know, a, a, a copper two-inch, you know, whatever? And they so was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll send you a copy of my, my model or whatever. And it's it's that kind of community. I was like, man, why, why don't we have more of this? Like, how do we get this, this like, actually integrated so we can all kind of collectively problem solve some of the, the problems we're having and, and kind of work better together? Oh, that was ExtraCAD. If you guys don't know out there that are MEP fabrication people, ExtraCAD still exists. And we had a swap shop in there where you could go get tons of free software, free programs. And, and you know, right now on Slack, I was looking because you mentioned it. I got uh, the CPC's got one that is, uh, what, what, what's theirs called now? Uh, Contact Forum. Then there's BIM and Beer. Everybody goes to BIM and beer. Like that's yeah. BIM and yeah, that's that's yeah. like a, a must go. And it is like you said, you know, put out a question. There's 50 of us. One of us is bored and tired and needs to stop working for a second. We will answer your question, right. um, for sure. Yeah, I know Eric uh, and his UA partners. I know they they had a Slack channel too, um, where they were kind of you know like even the the students that guys like Eric got to teach, and then maybe even have work for him or work with him later, you know, they, they kind of put together a, a really cool community there. And I think the, the premise of that is, is, is great. Like, why not, why not have uh, Nika, MCA and SMACNA? You know, I, I think that you got a lot of, you got a lot of people out there that are sharing in the struggle that are having the same problems. I mean, somebody's probably fixed it. So I, I think it's a great idea. Why not? You know, you're in the moment, you can hit up, hundreds of people in your community, your peers, and just takes just takes one person who has a second of free time to, to get you I, out of the line. I think it's a perfect idea. I think to hear I should admin it just to make sure that it doesn't fall <laughs> on my plate. It's... Oh, we've, uh, we've got networks for this. We've got networks. Yes. But, I, but I do think, you know, you hit on something that, that is actually kind of the genesis of, of why we got together to do this. As much as, as Sean, Mark, and I enjoy uh, a good organizational tussle throughout the year trying to pull off uh, a show of this magnitude the whole reason why we got together to build this program and and the genesis of it has to do with the fact that our problems are not that different between the different trades and there is a lot that can be said to to understand you know maybe I'm not moving large uh sheet metal assemblies but you know what I still need to move large things to and from my job site or I still need to be able to track things I still need to be able to uh, understand coordination and be able to to be proactive in, in those areas or or even just, you know, understand where the hell my data is in a tech stack. And so I think that's something that really, really uh, just resonates with our with our attendees and it resonates with this community is 
you think you're you're suffering in isolation and then you find out, oh wait, others have this problem too. And hey, maybe that solution isn't exactly what I need, but it, I can I can clutch it together to get get further along. And that I think is really powerful. Yeah. It kind, yeah, it kind of doubles as a support group, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It does, but you know what's what's crazy is like a lot of times like we, we might even have peer groups and, and other people that are kind of in our echo chamber, but sometimes you need to get outside that echo chamber. Like there is so much you can learn from someone who just has a slightly different process, but but still kind of in the same genre and like, well, they solved it doing it this way. And they, they solved it in a way that we don't even usually think about because we're not ever kind of using either the same kind of tools, the same kind of processes, the same kind of work. But, you know, you have to be able to kind of keep that diversity in your, in your, in your input to be able to, to kind of find the right answer sometimes. And, and what's crazy is a, a secret admission that I, that I don't like to say too, too often is I think the best takeaway I actually had from this conference came from a, came from a GC. <laughs> um, which is, it's hard to admit just cause I usually like think that, uh, I, I rep our, our guys the most, but, but, uh, but Charlie Dunn had one heck of a, a, a anti keynote there at the end where he really got people to really think about the whole building process. How it's not, it's not even like really as much of a competition as people want it to be, but we're so hardwired into this mentality that everything has got to be a win at all costs mentality. And that doesn't help us make the process any better. That doesn't make us any more efficient. That doesn't make us any leaner. It certainly doesn't make us any more profitable. And the more we can actually get to to kind of work with each other and, and collectively bring each other up is, is how we actually get ahead in this business. You know, we did an entire doorcast with with the people from DPR kind of talking about that. And I think Charlie did do a great job of first being theatrical, which is fun and get people engaged. Yeah. But, you know, when you think about it, trying to fix the problems that are part of that prisoner's dilemma, where, where you're, you have a lot of people that should be collaborating, but are actually competing. I think he did a good job of deconstructing that in the in the workshop he did. He really did that good job of here's the example of how you will mess each other up. If you're overly competitive, now here's the solution. And then he he also did, I mean, that was a workout for lean. You got you got your exercise, you got your laps in. He did, he did, he did the good work. You know what I mean? Like, like, like the lean lean's a culture, but it's also a bunch of exercises. And man, he he did he did pull that together well. By the way, for anybody listening, we did cover that our last said our last podcast or two podcasts back. Um, yeah, it was, it was a couple of podcasts ago, but I, I don't want to give, I also don't want to give short trip to, to, uh, to Carrie and Alan from, yeah. from Milwaukee, um, who didn't do a product presentation. They'd actually did a leading presentation that was, they did a workshop on the front end that was excellent. Yep. And they did a follow-up, uh, breakout session there that was, was equally well attended and, and excellent as well. Now, Terry, you actually probably know these, these, these players a little bit better than I do, but, um, it's, it's kind of one of those things where I'm glad that we, we see, you know, some of our, our manufacturers and suppliers and, and vendors who come to the table saying like, we don't have to always talk about product. Um, we don't have to show you how, what the latest tool or widget is, but what we really want to talk to you is we want to connect with you guys. We want to, we want to improve the entire process. Let us tell you what our expertise is and see how you guys can adopt it to your trades as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's one of the things that's really incredible about that. And again, you know, I have a little bit of uh, the inside baseball, having kind of grown up with some of these players. But Carrie Struess, for example, her job is not to be a professional speaker. Her job is not to design, you know, products or power tools. Her job is actually to do lean processes and and work on operations. 
for Milwaukee. So it's someone who actually works on standing up and improving the operations of how Milwaukee Tool does their business. And I think that's what's really cool is that you now have these people who have their subject matter expertises essentially being a manufacturing expert, being a lean expert, being a product expert. And again, they're willing to come and bring that to the table and share that with the group. And so I think that's what's really powerful. And again, it goes back to the fact that we are we are now kind of both from a contractor perspective and from these manufacturers, the suppliers, the partners, looking at, you know, what do we do well beyond just make stuff or sell stuff or buy stuff? And and how do we share some of that, uh, you know, the secret sauce, the piece that that we wouldn't even necessarily, it would occur to us that it might be that other people want to hear or, or want to hear that journey. But everyone who comes wants to hear how you failed and how you succeeded, how you see the things, as, as Doug was saying, you know, it's not just the magic of Hollywood, it's the actual real nitty gritty of, of what it took to get to where you needed to be. And so I think that's really- Warts really and incredible. all. Yeah, yeah, warts and all. And, and those two did a great job of that because I was in their workshop and I- I have a little bit of skepticism all the time about lean because oftentimes lean is just the exercise, not the culture, right? It's just applying principles or exercises. They were not that at all. They were like, I, they were like, oh, do you want to make your decisions using this, this format or this format or this format or this format? And we've been doing it with all formats and we'll give you a little insight on how we've been doing that. And that level of expertise um, really doesn't come from people that don't, don't have like that aren't actual manufacturers. Um, yeah, they get and, the work done. Yeah, they they, yeah. they that was a that was a really good workshop. And battle and scars. Did. Yeah, <laughs> and they had them, and they like you like you said with the warts, they wore them on their shoulder like like a badge. That was a really good workshop. I didn't get to see their talk. Um, Sean, you gotta. I have to. I have to get the talk off you. We archive them all. This is why they need, this is why there's an archive, right? But unfortunately, it's only for, for people who attend the conference. Um, so sorry, you know, for any listeners out there who, who, who didn't quite do it. But it's, we, we do actually, yeah, the, the cool thing is not only not that, but sometimes we actually go back to some of the, the really poignant lessons. We, we create deliverables out of them. You know, yeah. So there is something that we, we feel like needs to get out there beyond just what happened in the conference. We will make sure that we reach out to the, the presenters and we, we try to do something uh, outside of just the one conference. Yeah. Well, that kind of teases what I think I was going to go after John a little bit. Um, I mean, I think before we part ways, before we end this thing, I, I think we should have a, a good discussion around, you know, what's next? Like, what, what are, what are you guys talking about now? I'd love to hear, uh, you know, Tahira, we could start with you. I mean, what are, can you tease any new ideas, changes that we could see for 2024? Um, it, you know, any information? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I will tell you, again, one of the things that's really powerful about the groups that we work with, the contractors and the uh, manufacturers, the partners, is that everyone is very vocal. So we hear what they loved, we hear what they hated. We, we, we literally will rip this conference apart to look at everything from the breakouts, the exhibits, how can we increase engagement? How can we increase you know, real world experience? How can we increase uh, engagement both in the sessions, in the socials, in the hallways, right? Sometimes those hallways conversations are, are the best piece. And so right now we're in the process of tearing down everything from the back end planning all the way through 
the uh, the deliverables of what you guys saw and experienced as attendees. And it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like innovation as a as a process altogether. You you have to go through these painful exercises to figure out how to build up better and build up stronger. And so there are many schemes afoot, and there's a lot of exciting things coming out for uh, the the 2024 and beyond. I like to say my phone is my my conversations with Tier have gone down after the conference, but that hasn't been the case. It's still like here's what we, 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 we might actually talk more. But it's also because we're we're really, you know, the, the the great thing about doing these things is we don't have a roadmap that we have to follow every single time. Um, we really use this as a as a chance to try new things and do things differently. And we're not satisfied with like, hey, uh, we figure out the format. We figure out the perfect way to do this. We're going to do it every time this way. Uh, I guarantee you it will not be like that. We will always try to tweak it a little bit, change it around a little bit, and and manipulate the format. You know, one of the things we, we really liked this last year, we, we, we added in that tour. Now yeah. the, the challenge we have is every single city we go to, we're trying to add in valuable tours. And, uh, you know, we might be relying more on electrical contractors out in, in Orlando because you got some really good contractors out here. Uh, that we might be able to, to tour and see a little bit more. Um, same thing with sheet metal. We might be able to find some some things out there. Or we might try to find some project sites that are going on in there and do it a little bit differently. But the programming is probably going to be different. Um, you know, the location is definitely going to be different. It's going to be a different type of, of venue this next time. Uh, I, I, am I allowed to even say, like, which which city we're looking at for 2024 yet? I, I think for the close listeners, you already did. But I think maybe what we'll do is we'll tease it as a big announcement coming soon with uh, the date, the city. Look at Sean. He so badly wants to share all the information about next year. I want you to share. Because I want to get, I want to put it in the calendar. I want to get, I want to get on to it. Like I'm I'm ready. It's it's crazy how, how fired up we kind of get about this. And the the sad thing is like when we actually execute these things, you guys get to enjoy it a heck of a lot more than than to hear and I could ever enjoy it because. Oh, we're we're busy yeah. doing the work while you guys are, are enjoying but it. But we have a blast. But we have a blast. And, and again, you know, every we, year we, we get better at this and we go through the process. So I think I would say the, the things to hold your breath for, the things that are coming down the pipeline are a big announcement about the date, the city, and also the call for proposals, the call for ideas. But that's, again, that's one of the things that makes this conference, I think, really special is you can reach out to me or Sean or um, Linda Jennings, which that's a big announcement we can make. Uh, Mark yeah, Tazzini, we can make that yeah, we can make that announcement. So, so Mark has moved on to greener pastures. He is actually staying within SMACNA, but he is now going to be representing on a more local level. And Linda Jennings is coming on board to uh, take over the huge legacy that Mark has created. And so we have a new planner. So that's definitely going to shake things up and, and really give us a chance to, to reevaluate from fresh eyes what goes into the program. But also, again, you know, I think we're going to be throughout the year, we're going to be releasing content. We're going to be releasing announcements about the when, the where, and all the details that continue to get people fired up. Right on. I have a yeah, question. And, and I, just, just, to, just to chime on there. Like one of the things that like, uh, I really want to follow up with, you know, a lot of people are asking like how to get involved, especially if you're from outside one of the three organizations, because we do limit this conference just to members of MCA, of NICA, and SPACNA. Um, one of the ways that they, one of the only ways you can really attend if you're if you're not one of, from those three organizations is to be a speaker. Um, so if you're if you're looking at it from the outside, we don't think that we own all the good ideas. Uh, so if you if you want to be part of this or, or 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 you know be be present there, then this is really kind of the best avenue to kind of be part of it. 
Right on. I, I do have a request. It's really easy, Sean. So I noticed that beer number 42 at the Milwaukee party was better than BIM. Um, which I don't know if you picked 42 on purpose for like, we have a bunch of nerds. So they know that the answer Still to life, the universe, BIM, right? it, or was it no, it's just better than BIM. Was it be okay. All right. But, but number 42 is actually the answer to life, the universe and everything in Hitchhiker's Guide. To it the is, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and that yeah. was that better than BIM. He knew that. So like, is there the possibility that there's a bourbon better than BIM? For down the road, like, 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 can we look for any the... bourbon is better than them? No, that was such a that that joke was 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 the most inside joke that we could have we could have done there when we when we had that party offsite. They said, uh, you guys can name you know up to ten of the 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 beers that we have on tap over there, and you know a lot of them were like, oh, it's you know, it's the Nika Light or something like that, or uh, here's Milwaukee's best, or you know, <laughs> whatever it is, just to kind of reference that. Uh, but I was like, no, if I'm going to name one, I'm going to call it better than BIM. And you know, they said, well, which number do you want it to be? They're like, well, yeah, give me number forty-two, and that's that's the easiest one to to kind of collaborate with. So that that was that was our only request. Um, and by the way, the I only wanna, I wanna request for the whole show. <laughs> <laughs> the only request for the whole thing. The only request. Definitely the only thing we asked Milwaukee very, to do. For all his time went to hear for all his time went, right? <laughs> you know, to hear his colleague, uh, Amani, put an amazing amount of effort into it. And uh, the only other request I had is she said, I got a band for the, for the night. And she's like, it's a three-piece band. I was like, well, which three pieces are we talking about? And she's like, I don't know yet. And then it's like, it's a five-piece no, like, well, What five knew. pieces are we talking about? Like, what, what five pieces? If, if there's a clarinet involved, I'm not sure we want this band. I mean, can we, can we at least clarify which five pieces? Dude, have you heard Kenny G? Band? I mean, come on. What do you <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> be careful. Amani Amani is very is very fond of the clarinet. Very she, passionate. She's a former clarinet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The band was great. So. The beer was great, man. It it, it, it was, was nice. yeah. pro, uh, you know, I mean and best show. It was, I, it was the best show. Tier and I can't take Tier and I can't take any real credit for that. That was all Amani and I was take some. Kind of, I I, I got to say no, I, that I, really I, was them. I'm going to I'm going to give us a timeout to just say Sean and Mark and myself can almost take no credit for so much related to this conference. And we had a veritable army of people from all three associations who some of them are seasoned, you know, veterans know exactly what they're doing. Some of them, this was their first show that they've ever been to on behalf of the association that they work for. And so we just had an insanely passionate, talented, fun group to work with for this program. So while we went around, you know, just chasing chasing which instruments were in different parts of the party or, or renaming the beers, uh, they were doing some of the magic. They were doing the work. So they, they made it amazing. And, and we would be remiss if we didn't thank and, and, and show appreciation for all of them because there was a, truly an army. And it kind of goes back to, again, this whole innovation of the team sport. We, we had a solid team of speakers. We had a huge, huge team and family of attendees. But the the staffers that that went on behind the scenes and the things that they did to make this happen was just incredible. And it was an incredible event. So um, we are right up against the end of our time. Um, is there anything that you guys you know you want to say in closing, Trent? Do you have anything to to sort of ask them before we take take them down here? I mean, I no, I wanted I wanted to tease to the future. I guess I will reiterate to any to any listeners out there that are, that are NECA, SMACNA, MCAA members, um, 
or even like Sean said, outside of, you know, interested in being a part of it, you know, re reach out to these individuals. You know, if you're a, um, if you're an electrician whose contractor belongs to NECA and you've never been to this event, you know, go to it, you know, find, find a way to get there, whether, uh, you know, be a part of it. It, it really is, uh, it, you know, in my, it, it's my opinion, but I, I think it's the best event on the calendar. Um, it, I guess I'm maybe I'm a little biased, but uh, you're biased. Yeah, you, you were speaking at it, so it's a little bit. It's a little biased. <laughs> the speakers were just and, it, and to be clear, it's it's still it's like February was it's February eighth. So yeah, to say it's the best thing uh, that we've had all year, it's granted. I'll take a low bar win, but it's still you know it's still, yeah, it's still why we're though, in right? January. I mean, why yeah. we're in January? Yeah, no, best but event it, all year so far. <laughs> well, you know what? I can say that as well. Oh. But no, it, I think you know if you're out there and you haven't. And you don't even know what this event is, or you haven't been to one. You know, find a find a way to talk to your contractors, talk to the organizations, and and see if you can't get you or a team member involved. That's really that's really all I've got. I I noticed one thing. So Sean, you said that that Charlie gave you sort of your biggest takeaway, and it's coming from a GC. To hear you were there, I know you didn't get to see a lot. Um, and, and, but what would what would you say? You know, looking at everything that was done, what what was the thing that that you took away that was the biggest thing for you? I think the biggest thing for me, and this also kind of falls into it line with a call to action for our listeners, is how brave everyone was in connecting with each other, right? Connecting while you were there, connecting after the fact, right? Jonathan, you and I have talked about, you had vendors reaching out to you afterwards. I've had contractors constantly uh, bringing up feedback from it. Sean and I talked way more than we should considering our next events, not till uh, so next much. year, so much. But but again, and, and again, this goes back to what made this event special were the relationships people built, the conversations that were had. And again, this goes into the call for action, which is if you are interested, whether or not you are part of our associations, whether or not you are part of our manufacturers, whether you have any idea who we are, please reach out to us, reach out to anyone you can to get involved with this program because we want to continue to make it better. And the way we do that is, is at its core of the people. Right on. Sean, do you have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, just along the same lines, the, the, the mentality that everybody takes when they come to this is, um, I'm gonna share, I'm gonna tell you what's real. I'm gonna share, and by sharing, I, I hope that you in turn do the same thing. We've, we've been able to kind of keep that mentality through the, through the course of this program and it's the it is by far my most favorite part of this this meeting at all that everyone is actually willing to 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 help each other to kind of get the whole whole industry moving forward so awesome i i, I have to add one thing because i would be completely remiss if I, I didn't mention it and that's milwaukee saved my ass completely this time when oh, i yeah. screwed up the MEP Innovator of the Year Award by underestimating <laughs> um, my my uh, casting my me metallurgical <laughs> um, talent um, and and uh, so yeah, that we, first pancake wasn't gonna be better on the second. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even show you the first one because I did go out in my backyard and found it and it was horrible and like wow this is it. even worse he yeah he, it. I sure melted like it down you know, it's re melted down but thank you Milwaukee uh, for anybody that's not out there I tried to make a casting for a belt buckle it was a fail 
Milwaukee stepped in and took this, this digital model that I had that I tried to cast in brass and made it out of steel in a 3D printer that... 3D? Yes. 3D printed in steel and then galvanized it and, and everything. It was, oh, and, yeah. and it was, it was beautiful. It was awesome. I gotta, I, I, I gotta say all of our sponsors, our main title sponsors, Trimble has been yep. with us the whole way through and they've been incredible. Milwaukee saved us many a time and, and we had a lot of fun working with them and Procore also opened their shop and had a really yeah, great tour fireside. great tour yeah, yeah. Lots yeah they, of they brought their execs that. down to, to, to talk with everybody get some real feedback get some one-on-one time i mean it was it was a great kind of uh of, of just opening up and, and, yeah. and trying to get some feedback with everybody which was lovely yeah. and that's unique that i mean that's cool that that got yeah that's yeah that, that's almost unheard of right they weren't just a part of the conference but they brought their culture into the conference so again a great yep. time and and we couldn't we couldn't be more excited for what's to come right on and and we we're not talking about the camp for kids within electrical because we're going to have that person on we have to have that person on to talk about that camp because that was you're talking about the heavy metal heavy summer heavy metal summer camp dude that was insanely awesome um and <laughs> we are oh you're gonna have fun Oh, dude, I, we will support that in any way possible because that would have made my life as a child so much better. Um, but we have to wrap it up. Um, this has been uh, Dorkcast. I don't think we have numbers anymore. Um, but this has been Looking Back at MEP 2023. No! See, I would love to see some like job site cooking competitions because I, I have a feeling there's a whole bunch of people who like they go to construction sites and there's there's always that one guy who's got like the gourmet meal that he made himself be food prepped. I would love to see those guys like have some kind of a competition of like, oh yeah, here's what I made for my my little travel container to to work or whatever. It's it's actually a sous vide uh, marmalade. That's actually a really good idea. Uh, lamb, lamb breast, that exists yeah. in Texas. Every oh, time we go to Texas, all all yeah. the all the major contractors have a. Barbecue company. Well, they've got barbecue teams. They've got barbecue teams and they've got uh, shotgunning teams. But I don't know if they have like, like the the job site gourmet teams. Like the one guy whose like passion is to is to like really cook lamb perfectly. But and, I want to see, I wanna see what they can do with like a coffee maker and a microwave and like maybe a hot mm. plate. See, that's it. Do you have to be like you have to cook on the job site, but you can only use tools that are on the job site, anyways. You know, and so you have to like That's a heat gun. Yeah, well, you know, if we were putting in like plastic fusion, we you could use the hot plates from the plastic fusion. I don't know if you've ever seen that done, but you like take the two plastics, you push them against the hot plates, you move the hot plates out of the way, and you you fuse the pipe. But those would be perfect to cook on. I mean, you get cancer, but it'd be perfect. In in you my know? past, oh, it could get cancer. In my it's past, we've definitely uh, taken the heating elements out of heated jackets. And use them to make a uh, heated pizza warmer. So I can see that. I've definitely Why taken these just... chemical sets and done that. <laughs> you 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 created those big job site battery like generators. Why not just use that to power a microwave? I mean, yeah. it's not innovative I... enough, Sean. <laughs> I mean, it's like climbing so Mount challenge. Everest. You can climb Mount Everest, or you could climb Mount Everest with one arm. If you get up there with just one arm, that's special. If you just climb Mount Everest, I mean, the, people the, have done grave, that. the graveyard of good ideas is littered with Let a me lot just tell of you. job site appliances. <laughs> I've got a brother with one arm, and I'm not even joking about this. I've got a brother with one arm. If he climbed Mount Everest, I would not be impressed. It's the guys <laughs> with like one leg. It's the guys with one leg. 
if you're climbing Mount Everest with like one leg, that's that's impressive. I just want to know the record like, that I'm impressed with anyone who climbed Mount Everest. That's I was gonna say, gonna say. If, if if I could make it halfway up Everest. Uh -huh. <laughs> no, sorry, John McGuire. Not impressive. 